Granny prayed the rosary. Pa drank whiskey. This last overdose, combined with his already severe and untreated mental illness, erased any lingering hope that he might someday be able to live anything approximating a normal life. The skits and the addiction, proverbial chicken and egg, had swallowed the man. He was 26 years old. Granny and Pa didn't want him institutionalized, but he couldn't live on his own either. He could barely control his own body. Given his age, Granny and Pa couldn't just tell him he had to live at home. In an attempt to regain guardianship, they went to court. Things didn't go according to plan. The judge lifted their burden of care entirely. They were denied guardianship. Edward was ordered to enter a state mental institution in Topeka. On the day the men from the mental hospital came to pick up Edward, my mom went into labor with me. His last day on the outside was my first. Chapter 1 I walked out of my apartment on the corner of St. Mark's and Avenue A that afternoon, and I knew we were rolling. I knew the people on the sidewalk were actors. They resembled the normal East Village lot, but they were archetypes. The skaters were all wearing DC shoes and expensive skinny Levi's. The construction workers' boots were too worn, their accents too Brooklyn thick. And what kind of girl wears Louboutins in this neighborhood? Even the homeless people were a little too attractive. And when I looked closely, I could tell their face tattoos were actually professional makeup jobs. It made sense. I'd spent the whole summer doing stand-up and writing a TV pilot with the producer, a new friend with major connections whom I'd met at an open mic. He'd assured me that he had access to anyone we wanted to work with in Hollywood. And earlier in the week, we'd met with an MTV producer who'd expressed interest. Now, a few days later, I found myself in a real-life audition. The producer's approach was genius. Just let me do what I do, interact with the common folk, and get it all on film. It was up to me to make the show work. All the production assistants were doubling as extras, their foot traffic directing me from one scene to the next. The herd steered me toward Tompkins Square Park at the end of my block. I couldn't believe how well they'd cast generic old man on park bench. In comedy, it's the little details and cameos that separate good from great, after all. I knew the old man should be my first mark, so I approached him immediately. I said hello. He looked nervous but returned the greeting. I grabbed his bike with the intention of taking it for a few laps. No! he shouted as he yanked it away. The old man had some chops. Figuring our scene was up, I sprinted east toward the dog park and hurdled the fence. Before popping back out at the end of the dog run, I dropped down on all fours to gallop with the pack. Any minor doubts that we were shooting were eliminated when Daniel Day-Lewis power walked across the basketball court. He was dressed in full Gangs of New York regalia, top hat, coat, and long waxed mustache. The producer knew he was my favorite actor and must have convinced him to make a cameo just for the hell of it. Day-Lewis, a legendary practical joker, must have done it for free because we certainly couldn't afford him. This little inside joke was the producer's way of telling me, yes, this is happening. Trust your instincts. Make comedy gold. On the corner of Houston and First Avenue, knowing the streets had been closed off for me and the cars were piloted by professional drivers, I sprinted across the intersection, narrowly avoiding several taxis as they braked and swerved. The ratio of yellow cabs to regular commuters was about 70-30, closely approximating the real split in New York, but slightly inflated on the taxi end since it made for a good visual. 
I trespassed into one of the Lower East Side's public housing buildings. Like many of the places I'd been that day, the inside of the projects looked so authentic that it had to be artificial, a caricature of itself. Do people really leave the doors to their apartment open while their shitty televisions blare into the hall? Is mommy really cooking up some Puerto Rican food on that two-burner hot plate? What's next, a guy in a dirty wife beater drinking malt liquor and screaming on the fire escape? These must be establishing shots, designed to show the audience that yes, we were actually shooting in New York, the non-friends version. I walked out of an emergency exit and set off the alarm. Down the block from the projects was a park with a mini AstroTurf soccer field. Rec League players passed the ball around. Their game was about to kick off. Perfect. I'd played soccer in college. I sprinted onto the field, ushered the keeper aside, and started yelling at the players. Have one.